Let's turn to 2 Timothy this morning, 2 Timothy. We'll pick up there in just a couple of minutes, but uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I hope uh, you have uh, had a little bit of rest or some time with family and friends. How many are just getting back from traveling? Anybody just getting back from traveling? All right. And uh, how many had family travel in town? for you. All right. Yeah, good number. All right. Well, I'm glad that you are here. And uh, this year, our theme was leave a legacy. And we asked a question, what are you leaving behind? And we've been uh, talking about passing the baton from one generation to the next, that we could impact the lives of people just as people have impacted our lives as well. One year ago, I stood up here and I said, if we blink, it's going to be the end of the year. And we blinked, didn't we? And uh, this year's over. We started 2019, and I had said it's winter. And uh, so we've, we're going to see the Super Bowl, maybe a little bit of snow. The next thing, we're going to be at uh, spring. We're going to see the flowers popping up. Uh, we're going to celebrate Easter, then Mother's Day, then Father's Day. Then the next thing, school's going to be out. And we deal with the summer and have some time with family and friends, longer days, have some church events. Uh, hopefully you had some uh, time with uh, uh, your family to be able to get away on vacation or spend uh, some time grilling and those kind of uh, activities. And then the next thing you know, kids were back in school. Awana started. Uh, we were in uh, uh, the fall and... Uh, Pumpkins were growing, people were uh, going hiking or apple festivals or different things that you do. Then we had our church anniversary, and uh, right after that, we had uh, our Thanksgiving uh, banquet here, and then you celebrated uh, Thanksgiving with family and friends. We're in December, and we dealt with our Christmas series. Christmas is over, in a few days we're in the new year. That's how life is, isn't it? It just races by and uh, moves so quickly. Uh, this uh, summer, or, or early this fall, uh, my high school that I graduated from, they uh, gathered together, so I graduated in 1984, so 35 years later, some of us got together and uh, went to the football game and uh, watched that and got to hang out, did a, a, a tailgate party a little bit 35 years ago, and it seems like I just graduated high school, and um, yeah, I graduated high school, went to work for my dad and his business. Uh, we worked six days a week and then felt like God was leading me into the ministry. I went to, to Bible college and then uh, finished that up and was interning at my church and turned around and uh, Paula came to my life and we got married and 27 years ago we moved down here and realized we were going to have children and then we had four kids and we taught them to walk and to talk and had some fun times together and trying to figure out what married life was and what it was like to have young kids. And then they started school. I remember uh, Paula doing some homeschooling, did some private schooling, some public schooling as well. And then I, I remember when uh, our girls got on the bus to go to middle school and that bus pulled out and I just started crying. I thought, man, they're growing up. Life changes. And they went through middle school and they did sports and you know, all the uh, academic uh, clubs, those kind of uh, activities, and then high school ended, and then they were in college, and uh, college ended, and one of them is uh, married, right? And so we got uh, their family uh, in this uh, town, so 
Uh, yeah, Garrett's family's uh, visiting with us from Texas, so we welcome you as well. Texas is big, but just remember, Virginia's for lovers, right? So yeah, this is, this is the place to hang out around here, but uh, yeah, everything's bigger in Texas, I guess. But, uh, uh, and Uncle Buck brought me some uh, brisket. He really brought it to Paula, but I was able to eat that as well. Texas brisket, right? That's some good stuff. Uh, Pastor Steve, right? Good, uh, good eating, but uh, yeah, so your kids grow up. Uh, they get married, they have uh, children, and life continues to race by. They have uh, children, you have grandchildren, next thing you know you have great-grandchildren, and that's the circle of life, isn't it? Life just races by from one generation to the next. Life just goes by so uh, quickly. And this year has done the same. 2020 is upon us, 2019 is gone. The legacy of our past is, uh, uh, you know, uh, an incredible foundation, and we look ahead to the legacy that is in front of us. Seemingly insignificant decisions we make throughout our life have brought us to where we are today. And it's those day-to-day decisions that we make that really create our heritage and cause us to leave a legacy. The same is true in the Apostle Paul's life. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, we see that he is imprisoned. This letter is written to his son in the faith, and one he's leaving his legacy to, uh, Timothy. And so this is the, the uh, second letter written by inspiration. And so he's writing this letter, and in the context, chapter 4, verse 6, is what Paul says. For I am now ready to be offered... And the time of my departure is at hand. He's sitting here in prison, assuming that he's going to be killed. And he uses this word departure, which is a term for death, really. He realizes that he is going to pick up his tent and head to the next destination. He's not going to be around here much longer. He's looking to his eternity. My departure is at hand. I am going to die. My ministry is about over. And he's looking back at his legacy. And in the next verse, he says something really interesting. He uses the word, I have, three times. In verse 7, he responds with confidence. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul did not say, well, I wish I had done this, or I could have done more, or I should have done this. But he said, I have. See, that's what we want to have in our own lives. We want to, when we get to that point in our life, to look back and say, you know what, I certainly wasn't perfect because none of us are perfect, but I did, uh, uh, with God's help, my very best. I was able to leave a legacy. I was able to take the heritage that I had and work through some of the, the past that we have and those things we need to put out and move ahead to leave a legacy. We asked ourselves a couple questions at the beginning of this year. What do we want on our tombstone? And Raven, I don't know if you know this, when I asked that question years ago, your Uncle Jimmy said pepperoni. And so uh, that was kind of the guy that uh, he was. But what do you want on your tombstone? Not the pizza, uh, but what do you want said about you when that day comes? What do you want on your eulogy at your funeral? I mean, we gave ourselves an assignment. And we said, let's pretend it's our 85th birthday. I mean, we have gone through, the years have sped by, 
and we're at our 85th birthday. We have our friends, we have our family, we have our co-workers. What is it that you want them to say about you on that day? It's your 85th birthday party. People are talking about how you have impacted their life. What is it that you want said? You see, all of us want to make a difference. We want to impact lives of others. We want to be a positive influence. And there's a leadership principle that is simply this, start with the end in mind. Start with the end in mind with what you're going to do. If we are going to accomplish something, if we are going to make a difference, we start with the end in mind. So let's consider that day right before we breathe our last breath and our loved ones are around, what is it that you want said about you? See, the reality, every day we have a to-do list, we have projects we need to work on. What's going to be important? Monthly on our calendar, we put those vital things that we need to do that month. As 2020 begins, we look at our calendar. John Maxwell says, look back at 2019 and consider the strengths that you had and the weaknesses and plan into your schedule in 2020 those vital things that you need to put on your calendar. What are you going to do with your finances? How are you going to budget? How are you going to spend your money? You see, the reality, if we just spend our money haphazardly, we look back and say, what did I do with all my money? But if we plan ahead and we think, what is important that I can do with my finances? That's what budgeting is all about. And the Apostle Paul has budgeted his time, his life, his priorities. And now he's at the end of his life and he's writing 2 Timothy. And we keyed in on a verse in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 that I think is vital for us if we're going to take the heritage that we have and leave a legacy for the next generation. 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul is writing to Timothy, his son in the faith, right at the point where he thinks he's going to die. He doesn't expect to be around very much longer, and he says this, and the things that thou, the thou's Timothy, hast heard of me, Paul, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So what's going on? Paul, and remember, he also had this heritage. He was brought up a very religious individual. He was so religious when the Christians came around, he saw them as not true to the faith, and he started persecuting them. But then on the road to Emmaus, he became a Christian, right? And he became a believer, and he started telling these people he'd been persecuting. Now I'm a Christian. I want to be one of you. Nobody believed him except this guy named Barnabas. And Barnabas came on the scene and he said, let's give him a chance. I, I believe that he's uh, somebody that's worthy for us to consider. And Paul became the great Christian he was because of this guy Barnabas and other mentors that he had in his life. And Paul said this, Timothy, the things that you have heard from me. So Paul who was an apostle that had special revelation from God, was taking these truths and he was giving them to what individual? And to Timothy. Paul said, the things that thou hast heard of me. So it went from Paul to Timothy. And he said, now Timothy, you are my son in the faith. He's written two letters to him. He's, he's poured his life into him. He is a pastor now, Timothy is. And the reality is, if you look at the life of Timothy, he wasn't a perfect man. 
the reality is when you look at first and second Timothy's, these letters were written because there were times when Timothy's leadership was timid. I mean, he had faced persecution, he had faced difficulty, he had stomach ulcers, he had uh, some timidity to him, and Paul is writing this letter, I want you to be bold, I want you to live out all these things that, I, that I've uh, poured into you. So Paul said, the things that you have heard from me, so to Timothy, the same I want you to do what? Commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others. You see those four generations, and really if we had it, Barnabas, they would be five. Paul said, the things that God has given to me by revelation, I poured into the life of Timothy. He's written these two letters, as well as spending quite a bit of time with him. Now, Timothy has these truths. Now, Paul is going to be off the scene very shortly. He thinks he's going to be killed while he's in prison. Now, Timothy, what are you going to do with these things? I want you to do something very important. I want you to entrust... I want you to be faithful, I want you to pour, or I want you to commit to faithful men. There's people that I want you to pour into. I don't want you to do this thing alone. This is about furthering our legacy, passing this truth on from generation to generation. I want you to have faithful men. People that are taking what their parents had taught them and what their grandparents had taught them. Remember, Timothy had a, a godly grandmother and a godly mother, and now Timothy is the third generation. It wasn't just what Paul had done, it's what his, his uh, physical family had done as well. And now, I want you, Timothy, to pour into faithful men, and these faithful men are going to teach others also. You see, so often in our Christian life, if we're not careful, our parents become Christians, and they get saved out of a life where it wasn't so good. And they understand that God is holy. They understand how loving he is. They understand how messed up their life was. And their life is radically changed. They realize God's grace is incredible. And so they bring their children up in the church. They bring them up in Sunday school. They bring them up in the youth group. They bring them up having the truths of Scripture. And it's just become normal or common to them. And so they grow up, maybe not as passionate as their parents were. They believe the same things. They just say, well, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? It's not that big a deal. Start hanging around, around uh, some people maybe they shouldn't or do some things. They, they know they were taught, really wasn't quite right, but what's the big deal? And they're still uh, living the Christian life, but maybe just not as radical as mom and dad. Let's just calm this thing down a little bit. Maybe they've accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. They're just not active in church, not doing some of the things that they used to do. But guess what happens? Then the next generation sees and says, well, Mom doesn't go to church every Sunday. She just goes occasionally. Why do I need to even go at all? And what happens to the legacy if we're not careful? And then we have a generation of people that aren't brought up in church. They're not taught the spiritual truths. They don't have this passion and excitement as well. And they have nothing to pass on to this next generation unless God does a work in their heart. That's what leaving a legacy is. Barnabas encouraged Paul, and Paul poured into Timothy, and Timothy said, there's got to be faithful men, there's got to be people at Choice Baptist Church that are going to teach our children, that are going to uh, uh, minister to our kids, they're going to welcome people into church, they're going to make a difference on Wednesday night, they're going to teach our adult groups, they're going to uh, spend time with our teenagers and pour into them. There's got to be believers that are pouring into faithful men, so there is a next generation as well. That makes sense, doesn't it? That's what leaving a legacy is all about. 
Paul focused on the heritage he had, but he also wanted to have the right kind of legacy. See, when we do ministry alone, we say things like this, if you want it done right, do it what? Yourself. Well, I hate to ask anybody else. I don't want to bother other people. See, the reality is, that's what God calls us to. He has a purpose for our life. All of us are to be those faithful men who are teaching others also. Or sometimes, well, I've asked and nobody wants to do anything. You see, the reality is we've got to develop people. We've got to pour into the lives of people. We can be so busy doing. Listen, if, if you're a ministry leader here, if you oversee other people, we can be so busy doing that we don't spend any time developing that's why in 2019 we spent a lot of time focusing on that. If we look back at the Old Testament, they developed the next generation. When we look at the life of Jesus in his ministry, he developed the disciples. The early church saw the importance of developing the next generation. They needed encouragement, equipping, to be challenged, to be trained. They needed to be developed. They needed good examples around them. A pastor's kids were asked one day, what was your dad's best message that he ever preached? And they thought for a minute and they said, well, the reality, it was his life. It's the way he acted at home, not the way he acted at the pulpit. See, the reality is in church, while we're in the service, we can act a certain way, but how do we live in moments of pressure and anxiety? How do we deal when we're paying the bills? What's our attitude? How do we deal when we're driving up and down 95? When we're under stress? When we're having to fix problems? When things aren't going the way that we thought? You see, for us to leave a legacy, our life has to be a good example. If you look with me in chapter 3, verse 10, Paul said this, But you have carefully followed my doctrine my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my love, my perseverance. See what Paul said there? Timothy, the first thing, I want you to follow my doctrine. Because if you don't have God's word, you have nothing. It's not what a Baptist church teaches. It's not what uh, a denomination teaches. It's not what our parents believed, our pastor said. But what does the Word of God have to say? And Paul said, Timothy, I, first thing I want you to know, remember my doctrine. And then the second thing he said, then consider my manner of life. Know what you believe. If you're going to take a legacy to the next generation... It's not, well, you know, my church teaches or my pastor said or my parents used to believe this, but you've got to know what you believe, my doctrine, and then you've got to know how to behave, my manner of life. Our example is so vital. How are we going to live? How are we going to act? Pastor Ryan says this, you need to lead yourself, you need to lead others before you lead ministries and lead leaders. Lead leaders consistent in our public life and our private life. He goes on in chapter 3, verse 14. But you must continue in the things which you have learned. Notice this. And been assured of, knowing 
from whom you have learned them. That's what the legacy is. We take the good that we have from our past and we develop that and we pass that on to the next generation. This morning, as I was, woke up and was thinking about my heritage, my past, the reason I'm here today is because as a little boy, when we had children's church, Vivian Wood taught our children's church year after year after year. And I thought Mrs. Wood knew, knew everything about the Bible. Anytime I had a question, Mrs. Wood knew the answer. And if she didn't, she would say, Timmy, I'll get it to you. And don't call me Timmy, okay? So but they called me Timmy back then. But Timmy, I will get that uh, to you. And they, 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 we were a very high-tech church because we had this thing that's called a flannel graph. Have you ever seen that? It's a piece of, of cardboard you put flannel on. And then you had a little Sunday school book, and the teacher would cut this little picture out, and it had this little furry piece on the back that you could stick it to the wall or to that piece of flannel, and you could tell all your stories. I mean, that was high tech for the day, right? I mean, when, before you had remain, yeah, it was pretty, pretty good stuff. And Mrs. Wood would walk these little figures around on, you know, the, the flannel graph and taught me the Bible. And, and her daughter, Patsy, would play the, uh, the piano. And uh, also... Mrs. Murray, who for years was the children's church pianist, she was not good enough. She's passed away, so I hope her kids aren't listening. She probably wasn't good enough to play on Sunday morning. But, I mean, she, she played the piano year after year after year. And we learned the Sunday school songs. We grew up learning these things. You know, I'm in the Lord's Army, yes, sir, and, and all the uh, great songs we had. They helped pass this legacy along. That's my heritage. Why am I here today? Nobody's looking at Raven right now, are they? So yeah, <laughs> just checking. So. All right. But my, my Sunday school teachers, people in children's church, Preacher Phelps, who my dad said one day, and you need to get the kids in church. He wasn't going to church because he had a different lifestyle at that point. You need to get the kids in church. And my mom with Annette Holcomb went looking around for a church, and they found Bible Baptist Church. Preacher Phelps in the early 1950s had just started uh, this church in the middle of northern Virginia. And he had a passion to see people saved. And Sunday after Sunday, he preached the gospel so people would come to know Jesus as Savior. And my mom got saved. My brother and sister got saved, and I got saved, and my dad got saved. They're, my family's life was changed. That's my heritage. And then he retired. Pastor Johnson became the pastor. We merged with another church. There were a lot of young adults. My life was really changed. During that time, I felt like God leading me away from the work I was doing and calling me to be a pastor. See, that's my heritage. Then we merged again years later, and Pastor Reynolds became my pastor, and he sent me down here 27 years ago to start this church. That's the heritage of these men and these ladies that poured into my life. And God calls us to pour into Timothy's, right? Faithful men so they can teach others the truth of God's word. 
and every family hits bumps in the roads. We uh, have uh, detours. Life doesn't turn out exactly the way we would think, but we've got to be right where we are right now and looking ahead because we can't change yesterday, but we can deal with where we are today and deal with tomorrow's to have the right kind of legacy. And the reality is when we're 85, if we've tried to fix those flaws in our own life and we've asked forgiveness from those that we've hurt and we've tried to make those changes, they're not going to hold those things against us. They're going to say, wow, they tried to be the person that God wanted them to be. We want to leave a legacy. We want to take our past and pass it along to the future as God has called us. And as we're doing, we want to be busy developing. In that message, when we kicked off our theme for the year, I introduced our development pastor. And Pastor Ryan has done such an awesome job over, over this past year, uh, coming with our, our other pastors, uh, Pastor Dean with our teens, Pastor Steve with our music, and coming uh, along and doing such incredible work behind the scenes in areas that really uh, I don't have as many strengths, and he's done a great job. And uh, Pastor Ryan, why don't you come and just share a few thoughts as we look back and look ahead. And let's give him a hand. I appreciate all the work that, that he does for us here. Well, good morning. It's been a, it's been a good year for us and our family. And uh, Pastor wanted me to share a little bit tying in to the message, reviewing our, our vision from last year of leaving a legacy. And really, I believe our legacy and our impact that we make in life, if we fast forward to the future, it's gonna be linked to two things, uh, our spiritual gift and the gifts of the spirit uh, that man are manifest in our life. When we get down to the end, those are the kind of things that we think, what, what have we done with what God has given us and how have we used those in the context of relationship? Um, we're not gonna be thinking so much about our job or our vocation or those tasks that we did from day to day, but we're gonna be thinking about the gifts of the spirit and those spiritual gifts that we use in the context of relationships. How do we use those to better our children, our spouse, our brothers and sisters in Christ? And I think those are the things uh, from my pastoral experience that people think about when it comes in. And those are the things that build a legacy and make an impact. The challenge with those things is that those things are things that we don't see as urgent to focus on. Um, the urgent things get our attention in life. It's that telemarketer who's called us five times who who tells us what he has to say is so urgent it's all those emails that keep popping up in the inbox it's those text messages we think are urgent but often what's important is not urgent and therefore we don't see it as important and those things that are important are those things that are off in the future that when when they come and press upon us then we then we see the urgency later on and development and taking care of those things God has given us and those things God has called us to do is, is highly important, but we don't often see it as urgent. We've had a good year, though. You know, that is the challenge. Um, I speak of the challenge of focusing on those long-term things. And I, I look at our spiritual gifts and growing them and maximizing them and the gifts of the Spirit, love, joy, peace in our life, and how we, how we interact one with another and growing in the Spirit. Uh, those things are so important. But sometimes they get put to the side in church life because there's things we have to do, like we have to take care of the kids Sunday morning at 9.30. We need another volunteer. Uh, we have to teach this lesson, or we have to mow the grass, or we have to, we have, to have a, a musician play this instrument. And often those things that are really important, not that those aren't, 
But those things that are truly important, legacy things, impact things, get put off. And that is our relationship one with another. How are we growing in the gifts of the Spirit and using the spiritual gifts in our life? Uh, the New Testament teaches us that, that there's four main responsibilities of a pastor. The pastor is to, to lead, and I believe our pastor, Pastor Tim, does a great job leading. He involves other people in that leadership, from the pastoral staff to our eating leaders. Uh, the other responsibility is teaching and preaching, and he's gifted, and each of our pastors are, and they teach and they preach. Uh, shepherding, I believe Pastor Steve and Pastor Gene both have a shepherding heart, uh, caring for those that are in their ministry and even those outside their direct ministry. Uh, but equipping is one of those areas that often we, uh, we don't think about because it's not urgent, it's not focusing in, pressing on us at the moment. But that is the one that I've been called to focus in on here in 2019 and beyond. Ephesians 4, uh, verse 11 and 12 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Uh, Pastor asked me to give me a little bit of review of what we've done based on that mission and that vision of 2019. In the last year, we've seen uh, over 100, nearly 140 people involved in our ministry grid training and development program that have done uh, at least one course, multiple courses, either in their role training or their core training. Uh, we as a staff, our senior leadership and our staff have met at most every week focusing on uh, developing ourselves and our, and our core competencies, focusing on vision, discipleship, and strategy, how to become better leaders. Uh, we've done this with our E-team meetings that meet every other month, and we focused in on developing and growing ourselves and also focusing on the ministry at hand. And we've done this as well through our, our adult groups. Uh, three different times throughout the year, we, we took nine Wednesday nights and we focused on uh, three areas that we need to develop and grow ourselves in, discipleship uh, being one of them, vision and stewardship just recently. And so we've seen, we've seen some growth in those areas. And our challenge for the, the coming year, 2020, is to stay on that path. We want to take our, our platform that we're using for discipleship and for development and improve it. We want to personalize the content, make it better. We want to see more people involved in it, and we're really going to focus in on our, our ministry leaders. Uh, we have 20 to 25 ministry leaders that are leading groups of people, leading ministries in the church, and we really want to work with them this year, uh, that they can take these gifts and abilities that God has given them, and they can use them in a greater way and have a greater impact. If you think about the training that we're doing and the development that we're focusing on, it really is discipleship. It's, it's core, uh, these things that are co called core competencies really is what affects all of our relationships in life. And Sometimes people think, well, we're training them to do this task. And really, it's, it's much more than that. Because when we talk about discipleship, we're talking about how we're going to grow in Christ together. The church is a body. It's a family. When we talk about vision, we're talking about where, where are we going, not solo, but where, where are we going together with one another. When we talk about stewardship and our resources and the things God has given us, we're talking about how are we going to manage and steward these things together to have a maximum impact uh, for God's glory. And when we talk about people development or any of these other topics, strategy, we're talking about how are we going to do this together? It's one thing to, to be able to do a task and be off by yourself and not be bothered and, and feel good about doing something, but God has called us to work together as a body, and one of the great deficiencies in, in the body of, of Christ uh, in our lives is, is those one another passages, those one another principles, and how are we growing together? How are we working together? How are we growing in the gifts of the Spirit and love 
and joy and peace? How are we growing in our relationship one with another? Because when it comes to our legacy and it comes to making an impact, it's, it's those things for the good and for the bad that will be remembered. But we can't keep putting those things off. We've got to focus on them now and prioritize them now. And so my challenge for you is to focus on those things. Allow us to come alongside of you in 2020. Whether you're a volunteer or a ministry leader or you're new to the church, we want to work with you. We want to grow together in those gifts of the Spirit and those spiritual gifts so that when we fast forward to when we're 85, if God even gives us the grace to be there in that day, that we see a legacy and we see impact because we've prioritized focusing on those things uh, that affect others the most, those gifts of the Spirit and those spiritual gifts. And so that's, that's I hope I didn't take too much time on sharing that, but thanks for letting me speak and thanks for letting me be a part of the uh, Choice family. Awesome, man. And Thank we're you. looking forward to 2020. All right, good. So we asked the question, what are we leaving behind? And uh, hopefully in the seat where you were, you found an acorn. <clears throat> we could go out in the woods around here and find a huge oak tree. And how did it become a huge oak? Well, it, it started with just a simple seed, a kernel, a small nut, but it was filled with potential. And the reality is... <clears throat> Every single person in this room is filled with potential, whether you're a young elementary child or the most senior adult here. God has a plan. And it's those seemingly insignificant decisions that we make from day to day. That nut and uh, Mel and Sue had given me a uh, after I began talking about acorn, they, they gave me some acorns that had just come out of their seed and started rooting into the ground. I killed them, but uh, outside of that, uh, they gave them to It was a good try at least, Sue. I appreciate it. But as that root goes down, and eventually that seedling comes up, and has the potential to become a mighty oak. And every single person in this room, and our children, and our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren, have this incredible potential if it's nurtured, and if we care, and encourage, and challenge, and sometimes correct, and minister along the way. When we have the love of Christ, the gratitude for all He has done, our salvation, as we sang earlier, he made this sinner holy. Can you believe that? The cross of Jesus has forgiven our sins so we could have eternal life. Purpose and meaning day to day. Passion, a reason to get up in the morning. His blessings, even the breath that we breathe. And in this room, many families, as we look at the heritage that we have, and the legacy, the potential as we move into 2020. The opportunities that are at hand to live the life that God has called us to. But it really isn't so much about what we do. It's not going to be our bank account or our position on our job. It's not going to be how big our house is or how new our cars are. 
but it's going to be Paul passing something along to Timothy. And to Timothy saying, you know what? We need to have faithful men that we're passing that truth along to. And there's got to be those faithful men that are passing it along to others. And that commitment, that entrustment, that stewardship responsibility to pass along to the next generations. Pastor Dean, I was talking with my kids and said, isn't it interesting the number of young people that have grown up in our church that have gone into the military and either your family or many of those young people are in our church today. And I thought, "Eh, that's really interesting. How many of them committed to serve our country and to protect our freedoms? And I think, well, and I was asking John about that. I, I wonder why that is. You know, what is it? that our church has poured into these young people. And I think of the young people in our church that have grown up and that are pastors. Aaron, thanks for being here today. His brother, New York City, um, doing a great work as a missionary. Raven, an intern uh, here in our church. Other people have gone out of our church. What are they doing? They're leaving a legacy. They're passing it to the next generation. And that's all we can do. That's all we're about. It's not who we are. But as Paul said, remember the doctrine and my manner of life. And as we move into 2020, let me just challenge you. Know what you believe and make sure you're behaving. Be that godly example. Young people, as you move out from this church, think of what your impact, your lifestyle, the attitude you possess, the speech that you have, the things you put on social media, the life that you live, the habits that you possess, that manner of life. Parents, as we think of the things we do, those seemingly insignificant moments that our kids are watching us and they're becoming that legacy. Let's live that life for just a moment. Let's bow our heads. We invite you to really consider some things that Christ has done in our life. We sang those songs just a few minutes ago, and as we finish out this year, we're going to gather together for communion or the Lord's Supper. And Paul said, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Before we eat the bread and drink the cup, let's examine ourselves. Let's just think of our heritage from our parents, our grandparents, the pastors and teachers, the coaches in our life. Who is it that's poured into you? Why don't you just thank God for them in your life? Thank God for your family. And even if they had many flaws and failures, the reality, you're here where you are today because of your past. Just thank God 
And yes, there can be things we just need to put out of our past as we move ahead. Let's not be controlled by a negative past, but look ahead. What are we going to pass along in our beliefs and in our behavior? Friend, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you're not certain of eternity, why don't you call out to Christ to be your Savior? He made this sinner holy. Maybe he hasn't done that yet because you haven't called upon his name. Admitting your sin, believing what Jesus did on the cross. Maybe you're a young child in here. I prayed and asked Jesus to save me at six years old. Or a teenager, I made sure of my salvation at 14. Has there been that point in your life? Just call upon his name. Dear Jesus, please forgive me. I believe you died for me. Please come into my life and forgive my sins. Or you're here, you know you're a Christian, but you haven't followed the Lord in baptism. Why don't you make that decision? Examine yourself. Something in your life that you need to do. Take that first step of obedience, following baptism. Decide to be faithful in church. Bring your family upright. Get back to reading the scriptures on a regular basis. Attending a small group. Just take some time and examine yourself. God, we thank you for our past and we pray for our future. But right now in the present, may we make decisions with our finances, our daily schedules, our calendars, in our relationships, the way we prioritize. God, help us to leave a legacy. And Father, there's many people around us that don't know you as Savior. May we share that good news with others. Examine yourself. At the end of 2019, forgetting those things that are behind, we look ahead to the race that God has set before us. And may it not be an individual race, but may we pass the baton to those that are around us. And God, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May our passion for you be demonstrated. In Jesus' name.